All right, guys, welcome to Radical Wrestling with Rob and Rich. Um, Rich, this is Rob, and let's get into it. All right, man, how are you doing today, dude? I'm pretty good. Uh, pretty uneventful day, pretty easy going. What about you? Same thing, basically just been watching the daughter all day and making dinner. Right. I actually did watch a little bit of AEW Dark today. Uh, uh-huh. That was pretty much my highlight of everything, and then I played I don't know if you heard of that PS4 game Fall Guys that everyone's been playing. Oh, dude, I've been watching a lot of. Uh, I watch Grand Pooh Bear on YouTube actually. Okay. And uh, he's been streaming a lot. I, I was kind of mad about it because I like to watch his uh, Mario Maker streams, but he's been doing a lot of Fall Guys lately, and it looks like a pretty cool game actually. It's actually pretty fun. I got my stepdad into it, and because uh, I I have two PS4s, so one of mine in the front room, and uh, I bought him few months ago ghost recon the newest one and he's non-stop been playing that because he loves those type of games and he's non-stop been playing it all of a sudden the past night like last night and today all he's doing is playing fall guys and it's so funny because even my sister was like i'm used to walking out and hearing gunshots and now i just hear this cartoony music and i see him playing this for like hours a day so yeah no it's a cool game though it's it's fun it's one of those just you don't gotta think about games you can just throw on play turn off whenever you want and stuff like that it's cool yeah that's always fun yeah all right man so let's get into payback yeah talk about a little bit of what happened <laughs> over sunday oh jeez. <laughs> all right let's get to the first match uh it was u.s championship match lashley versus cruz apollo cruz um so first off how do you feel about this whole hurt business and stuff like that <laughs> Honestly, I when it's on TV, you know, like on Raw, I watch. Uh, honestly, at the pay-per-view, I had a hard time staying. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say I don't care about Apollo Crews or the United States Championship. Obviously, I'm pretty sure everyone knows the United States Championship has lost a lot of, like, importance. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobby Lashley. I've always liked Bobby Lashley. I feel like they're, they've been doing him dirty for a while now. I mean, at least he's getting this push with the Hurt Business and everything, but... I just remember when he came back, I feel like everyone had like higher hopes for him when he first came back. Now they're just kind of, I mean, his whole Lana thing, that was terrible. And then they just mm-hmm. completely dropped that. Like he's nothing to do with Lana anymore. I mean, I know they got divorced or whatever, but I feel like there was no real resolution to that. And now he's in the hurt business. And it's cool that he has a stable. I feel like uh, MVP talking for him is better than him talking. <laughs> um, I agree. Shelton Benjamin. I feel like they really just took three guys and put them together and were like, here's a new faction, which I guess is cool. But yeah, I had a hard time uh, staying with the match. I feel like I watched it and before I knew it, it was over. And I don't know. What about you? Do you? So, yeah, I, I did like Bobby Lashley until recently, just this, but not his fault. It's more of the push they've been giving him. Like you said, the whole Lana thing with him versus Rusev. I love Rusev, and I just feel like they've been killing his character. I mean, I know they let him go, but up until they let him go, they were just killing his character. Like, um, mm-hmm. uh, God, it's, his name is slipping my head right now. But his uh, dude that used to come out with him and seeing Rusev Day. Oh, oh God, shoot. I'm, what I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm blanking his name, and I know we're going to get shit for this when we post it. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I uh, think that just goes to show how terribly – like 
not cared about these people and you know like who no one remembers that guy's name because they didn't make him important you know yeah and and you know and when i saw the feud with lana and him and then they were fighting over rusev and i was like okay let's see how this goes and i thought maybe he was gonna rusev was gonna leave lana and stick with his uh manager guy at the time yeah i was like that's cool and all of a sudden he ditches him and he's like it's only lana and then lana's like oh no i'm going out with this guy I'm leaving you for this guy. And I was like, okay, they're just ruining Bobby Lashley. Like, and they're ruining Rusev. I love Rusev. He's a great athlete. And you're just ruining him. They drove Rusev into the dirt. Once there was nothing for him, they let him go. But Bobby Lashley was still top of that storyline. So they brought, they kept pushing him and Lana until they finally moved Lana. And yeah, it's cool that Bobby Lashley found a stable. Uh, But like you said, yeah, it's just three random dudes. And then I actually heard a rumor. Don't know if this is true because, of course, it's just online rumor. Before it was be called the Hurt Business, it was actually going to be another incarnation of the nation. And Farouk was supposed to come back, and he because he was in one episode. There was one episode where he showcased and talked to him, and it was actually him supposed to be the leader. Uh, and I don't think Shelton Benjamin wasn't even talks yet. It was just MVP, Bobby Lashley, and then Farouk, and that's what it was supposed to be. And I was like, okay, I guess that could be kind of cool. And especially with what everything's going on with the world right now, that can definitely give some positive views to WWE and something. Okay, that's cool. But then they, you know, checked it off the next week and then they just turned to the Hurt Business. And then, yeah, like you said, it's just a way to push them around. So their name is still getting pushed everywhere and it's whatever. And even the match, I was a little upset that Lashley won only because I was happy that Apollo was finally getting a little bit of a push because this whole time he's been there, I feel like he's been doing nothing. He's just been a jobber. And uh, oh, what's his uh, old partner's name? Oh, Titus O'Neil. Uh, yeah. It, you know, them two were, had a cool little run, I guess you could say. They were fun to watch. But in the end, it didn't go anywhere. And just like this, it's going nowhere. I'm going to jump for one second just because you said Titus, but really quick um on did you see him on raw underground last night yeah so i thought they were actually gonna like have him do good like they were gonna give him at least push for the night and then he got beat by riddick moss and i was like you guys (laughs) hyped up titus for like five minutes before the commercial break just to have him get beat yeah yeah, they don't care about these yeah it was terrible they don't it's just like if you have a name that has some sort of like positives to it and we're just gonna take you down because it's going to give this other guy a push, which is cool in some cases, but they're doing it so frequently and doing it to these people. I feel like that just don't deserve it. I guess like Titus O'Neil, when's the last time we saw him on TV? I mean, I don't yeah. remember. And even in the pay-per-view, I don't remember and everything like that. And I see him, you know, in little ads and stuff for WWE or their sponsors, but never anything on an actual raw SmackDown or some, or a pay-per-view episode. And then for them just to do that Tim, real quick and it's just like oh you know it's basically telling the audience like hey you know this name okay so you're gonna watch it because you know this name even though this guy isn't gonna do good you're still gonna watch it because you know his name and i think that's a little bit disrespectful to us as fans and the way like you said you push it, it uh they pushed him so high and they pushed him like he was gonna win and then in the end they were like nope we're gonna hold this back and you're gonna lose so this guy can get up and so it's like okay yeah yeah yeah, it's all pretty ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. 
so yeah, but yeah. So uh, Paulo Cruz loses that match, and at the end, you know, he's all like, "Oh, I'm coming back for it. I'm coming back for it." Which I'm still the, sure the feud is still gonna go on. Let's just see for how long. Um, so Biggie and Sheamus was the next one. I'm not a big Sheamus fan, actually, and I never have been. Um, yeah. Biggie, I like. I think they should push him, but I I hope he doesn't suffer the Kofi Kingston treatment where they pushed Kofi and he was the champion, but he never got serious. He kept coming out with pancakes and dancing and Mm -hmm. which is cool. That's like, you know, don't take away all their charisma, but, and I did like how I noticed at the end of the match, Biggie got a little bit serious when he was yelling at the commentator. So that was cool to see him be a little bit serious, but yeah, I think when, if they're going to push him seriously, he should tone back a little bit of the goofiness because it's just hard to take someone like, you know, you look back in the day, Stone Cold was had a good amount of comedy, but he was never like a goofy, gyrating, dancing man. Like he was <laughs> always, you took, you took him seriously, you know. And so I think if they can take him seriously and keep a little bit of his charisma, they'll be good. But hopefully they do. See, I'm kind of the opposite. <laughs> I kind of like, you know, this whole goofiness that he's bringing in. I mean... I'm sure, of course, I can't think of anything on top of my head, but we've had some goofy champions like that. Oh, um, God, what's his name? That used to be with William Regal. Away. Oh, Eugene. Eugene, thank you. Eugene. I mean, he became a champion and everyone loved him. I mean, let's be yeah. real, when he was champion, the fans loved him. I, I did like Eugene, but I yeah. felt like that was, a, that was a funny case. But yeah, I liked Eugene. Yeah, but I mean, not in the same sense. I mean, he, I mean it, that's something you would never see today. Um, yeah. You know, things like that. Like, that's something we would never see again into this day. And I understand and I completely agree with it. Not trying to say that at all. I'm just saying that, you know, there was a goofy persona played and that guy was champion and that guy liked it. With Big E, I liked what he said to Miz the night before on, on Talking Smack. I mean, uh, and it's true because I've saw in so many interviews and so many, I guess you could say, like mini documentaries where when the New Day, they all three of them first told their idea to Vince. Vince hated it, and he was like, nope, <laughs> like this is going to be stupid, and they fought and fought, and then until Vince was like, okay, you can do this, but if this doesn't work, you know, I don't know if he said you're fired or not, but he was basically just like, we're not going to try it again, and it worked, and it worked perfectly, and it worked so well, and like you said, uh, uh, they got so, you know, big to the top notch where we all know, when we hear that, uh, uh, that intro that Big E does, to them we know what's going on and we all get happy we all stand up we all start dancing i watched them live a couple times and every time they come out i'm there on my feet cheering you know and with a uh, kofi kingston too he was kind of like he wasn't that big when he won the championship at least i feel like he wasn't their top tier yet but he was just a random thrown into that situation and we all loved mm-hmm. it and we all wanted him to be it. And we knew that he was still going to be goofy. He was still going to be funny coming out with pancakes. And, uh, and he was going to be our champion. And they let it happen. And we were all happy about it. And I think I liked that. And we were so upset when Brock beat him. I mean, not that Brock beat him, but just Brock beat him so quick. There was no yeah. food. There was nothing. That, that's why we were mad. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I can totally see Brock beating him any day. It's just the whole build up to it is what we were upset about. And that's why I feel like with Big E, even if he doesn't win a world championship, like he just becomes U.S. champion or intercontinental champion. Like, I'm okay with that. 
but but it's because I like his goofiness. But yeah, with him, but like you said, I do agree. If he does want to become a world champion, he's gonna have to be something like The Rock or Stone Cold back in the day, where they both were goofy. They both were really good on the mic. They can tell their jokes. They can do whatever. But at the end of the day, you were scared of him. And Biggie yeah. Big e doesn't have that fear factor. Biggie has that crowd factor. He's really good in the ring. He's really good on the mic. But in the end, are you afraid of that guy? Not really. At the same time, though, if WWE plays this card right and say they push Biggie, just an example, Biggie goes, he becomes champion, and all of a sudden you can't find someone scared of Biggie at the time, but then you bring out um, this example like Randy Orton, who is like the legend killer. And then all of a sudden Big E changes it up right when that match happens or during the match. Like he comes out goofy and all of a sudden during that match, Big E turns serious and just whoops him. That would change everyone's mind about him, I think. And that would just show yeah. just a little bit. And even if at the end he became goofy again, it's like, oh, yeah, he's goofy. But did you see that? Holy crap. And I think that would be such a dramatic change that people would like it and people would embrace it because, you know, it would show a whole different side of him that we have never seen before. And I think that'd be tight. Yeah. I think, it, I think that's what I meant mostly. Um, like he can still be, you can still be funny and charismatic. I just think, yeah, that you're right. People need to be like, take him. People need to be afraid of him basically. Mm-hmm. Like, so when it comes time to be serious, he can be serious, but when he's messing around, he can definitely still retain is charismatic and be comedic, but he needs to be an ass whooper. If he, yeah, if he's gonna be a champion, which I think he can be. That dude's huge. He's strong. Oh, like, and that's another thing. Actually, I I mean, I've always knew he's like I said. I see him live. I see how big he is. But I think this last last match really showed kind of how big he was, especially mm-hmm. against Sheamus. And I'm not a big Sheamus fan either. But just Sheamus is big. Sheamus is a good like a good looking dude. Big looking dude. You know, he's got muscle, he's tall, everything. And then Big E, a little bit shorter than him. But, dude, Big E's chest, I remember when he took off his tank top and he ripped it down, I was like, dang, dude. And he put, I remember he grabbed Sheamus and put him in a suplex, like a face-to-face suplex and threw him back. And you can actually see the difference between their chest. And I was like, holy crap. Big E's actually really big. He's really good size. Like, he's like that's easily a champion size. And whatever... Yeah. Heavyweight, U.S., Intercom, whatever you want to throw a champion on, that is right there, champion. And that's awesome. I love seeing that. Like, that was cool. Next match was the, your favorite match, the Women's Tag Team Champion match. Oh, my God. Nia Shayna Baszler. Dude, I like I, – <laughs> I didn't like Bailey as a face. I like her as a heel. Uh, I've always kind of liked Sasha Banks. I like her a lot more now. Shayna Baszler, I think she is cool. She's not my favorite. I can't stand Nia Jax. I thought the finish was really cool. The whole Shayna tapping them both out or tapping out Bailey, using them both at the same time, whatever. Yeah. I can't stand Nia Jax. That whole like after the match celebration was just super cringy. Uh, I don't believe anything she says. I feel like she's a really bad actor. I've, I don't know. I don't know if they told her to go out there and be cringeworthy, but she was. I don't know. I don't, I'm not really that thrilled for them as champions either. Um, 
the women's tag team champions can go to all three brands. So if we have to see Nia Jax on all three brands, that's going to make me not want to watch any of the brands. Like, <laughs> I just, I don't like her. I'm not a big fan. I feel like, I think they just push her because she's big. Maybe because of the family thing, her being part of the Simone family. I don't know. But yeah, I don't think she's that good. She's not convincing. I don't like her promos. I just think she's a bad actor. And oh yeah, I don't know. The finish <laughs> was cool though. Like I said, that finish was cool. Um, and I think the Sasha turning on Bailey or Bailey turning, however it's going to turn out, that should be cool. It should be a cool feud. But yeah, I'm pretty sure we're all just waiting for that by now. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we've been waiting on the feud for so long for Sasha and Bailey. I mean, I think it was like a year, maybe even longer ago, where we got those stupid promos about them two fighting each other and I think with the therapy and stuff like that and I mean it was so bad that WWE just canceled it altogether we didn't get an update at all until months later where Sasha you know left for a little bit and then just came back randomly and they're cool again yeah and they won the tag team champions that's what happened and I, yeah I remember those stupid promos when they were going to like a couples therapy and stuff like that and i was like oh this is where we're going okay whatever i'm still i'm around for it because you know i want to see where this goes and it just went nowhere and so at least they're finally getting to it months and months later after all of those fans have been asking for it been wanting to see it finally we get to see it it's just taking really slow but hey it might work out in the end um i want to be surprised you know if it blows off the top. Sasha comes out as a winner. And, you know, we come back to, you know, a Sasha championship again, which I'd be fine with. I don't mind her wrestling at all. Uh, Bailey, as it's funny that you say you like her better as a heel, I liked her better as face. Yeah. I, I, I like, you know, and uh, my wife hates it, but back when she was a face, not like her new haircut kind of kills me, but I had a cr- biggest crush on her for the longest time when she was a face and she had that old haircut. And just seeing her, you know, on screen and everything, I thought it was awesome. The things she was doing for all the girls and the fans and stuff like that, you know, I thought it was super cool. So I was like, all right, you know, I like you a lot. And then she turned heel. I just, at, at the beginning, I didn't think she pulled it off, but now she does. She pulled off a great heel. I just personally liked her better as a face. But I totally agree that she should have became heel. She's been faced for way too long. This was a good change. Her old uh, persona was just getting stale. It was it was the same thing every night. I'm a hugger thing. You know, it was getting old. And I agree it needed to change. And I'm glad it did change. It's just me personally. I liked it better the other way. But I'm not saying what's happening now is bad or not at all. And, uh, yeah. Night, Jax. She just needs to go. Like, I'm done yeah. with her. Like, I, I told you. I think we talked about this before. She had some cool... Um, you know, battles with like Alexa Bliss and Ronda Rousey. That was kind of cool because it was almost like a, you know, a big versus small type thing. And that was cool, especially with Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss was so tiny. Like, that was cool. And I actually, when, uh, was it Ronda Rousey versus Nia Jax? Yeah, that title match. And then Alexa Bliss came in and used the money in the bank. I love that because I was like, yes, this is so tight. Like, the little one's coming in to win and she won. And I, you know, I'm not a huge Alexa Bliss fan either, but I was like, that's cool. WD finally did good with a storyline right there and followed through with it. Uh, that was cool. Other than that, Nia Jax is just, like you said, she's just big. 
and that's what Vince wants, I feel like, because Vince loves big people. I mean, look at Brock, look at Reigns. They're big. He wants them to be big stars. And I feel the same with Nia. And then, like I said, the Samoan family, it's like she has family lineage. You know, she's big. She's going to beat up all these little girls that are working there. And she's going to win titles. And that's what's happening. So, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, ah, oh, jeez, I just can't stand her. <laughs> no, I, I don't blame you. Like, I'm not the hugest fan at all of her. I've always been yeah. like that, too. And especially when, like, a, I was the first woman's Royal Rumble, like, everyone had to push her out the ring. There was, like, 15 people yeah. in the ring. And it's like, really? You're not that big. You're just pushing that bigness on her just to make it even a bigger thing that she's unstoppable, that she can, you know, never be beaten and things like that. So, yeah, that's what happened there. And yeah. I don't care about it at all. So the next match, I really have nothing to say about it all, except it was just a whatever match. Uh, Corbin versus Matt Riddle. Or King Corbin, I'm sorry. King Corbin versus uh, Matt Riddle. Yeah, that's, that's a whatever feud. Um, yeah. I think Matt Riddle shouldn't – I think he should have been feuding with someone a little more important for his first. If they really want to push him and make him bigger, I don't know. I mean, if they just use Corbin as like a way to get him to the next guy – and that's fine, but yeah, I don't think anyone actually cares about what's going to happen to those two. Yeah, and see, I'm not so mad at him versus Corbin, or Rid- Matt Riddle versus Corbin. Uh, I'm not too mad about that. That's because I guess Corbin does have somewhat of a name right now in WWE. I'm not mad that he faced Matt Riddle and Matt Riddle won. I'm more mad that they're continuing this feud. Yeah. At the end of it, he Matt Riddle goes backstage and gets attacked again. It's like, dude, just move on. And let Matt I think Riddle it's gonna someone else. I think it's gonna end with um because Corbin's doing the whole king thing and Matt Riddle's barefoot. I think it's gonna end with one of, like some kiss my foot match or something. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna do the barefoot thing and they're gonna do the king thing and they're gonna have one of those ridiculous stipulations and then that's when it'll be over. But yeah, I think that should have just ended the feud probably either that night or a long time ago and move Riddle on to someone else. I thought it would have been cool to see Matt Riddle and AJ Styles because they had that match. Oh, dude, yeah, and that was a good match. That yeah, was, like, I thought them in a feud would have been really cool, but no, they had to stick them with King Corbin. So, yeah. And I agree. And yeah, like I said, there was nothing much to say about that match except it was just a filler. Let's get to the next one. <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> after that was Ray and Dom Mysterio versus Rollins and Murphy. I thought that was cool. I'm not a big fan of Dominic, honestly. Um, I don't know why. I think he just he just looks kind of plain. Uh, when he's talked, he sounds kind of plain. I think he did really good in the match. Um, I thought it was a good match, but so and I've liked Rey Mysterio for a long time. Stop you right there, because I. It's funny that you say that because I feel the same exact way. Where his yeah. wrestling skills are good. I will say that. I mean, even like on uh, we'll talk. We're about to get in Raw, but uh, just sorry to jump forward. But Raw, that match too with him and Rollins, he didn't do bad wrestling wise, but mm-hmm. I just feel like his presence isn't welcomed very much. And I thought that with um, remember Brock Lesnar was gonna face Junior Junior Dos Santos from UFC. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. It was like it was before quarantine and all that happened. 
It was, it was uh, after the Super Showdown of last year. All right, it might have been uh-huh. at Super Showdown, but it was a UFC fighter, Junior Dos Santos, who Brock Lesnar had faced in actual UFC fighting. Um, they had a few, like, a uh, big old rivalry before back then. Oh, uh, when you came out on that SmackDown premiere? Yeah, yeah. So, basically, they had a match. That, that was – um. That was um that no it wasn't that guy um uh Kane Velasquez there you go uh, yeah you're right Kane Velasquez Kane, okay Kane Velasquez that's Thank yeah you. oh that god guy. I'm sorry I'm sorry I agree though awesome. he, he, Kane Velasquez looks very plain like he just looks kind of they just look like boring people and I feel like a wrestler's look is a big part of it and yeah Dominic just looks really plain like he looks like my next door neighbor like well I was gonna say not even that it was just, like I would not even turn it on Kane Velasquez but. When that was all going down, and it was because, oh, and then Dom's in the ring and everything like that, and he's like trying to be in the in between guy to protect his dad, and I'm not mad about him protecting that, but even during that, I was kind of like, you're not selling this well. I don't even really know who you are too much. I mean, yeah, I've seen you before with the Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio match back in the day, but you sold it more as a kid, like as a kid. You know, you can't really do any wrong because you're a kid. You really don't know what you're doing. But now you're older. I just didn't get it and everything. And I honestly thought I'm still until a few weeks ago when I found out Dom was actually going to wrestle, I thought he was just there just to help the storyline with Ray and his dad. And it's like, no, he's wrestling. He wants to be a wrestler. He's going to be next. And I was like, okay, cool. And like I said, his wrestling skills are great. He's a great wrestler. Even like after I was watching him, he was taking falls, throwing hits. He was doing very, very well. And the day I just didn't buy it. I just didn't care. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> I just really just didn't care. But yeah, Rey Mysterio, I still love. And you know, everything was cool. And even at the end of the match, I was like, oh, I was happy that Ray and Dom won. But I just can't buy into Dom yet. I still don't get it. And I just hope I get it eventually. Anything else to say on that match, I guess? Because I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Uh, I think. I mean, I think it was a really good match. Probably probably the best match of the night, if not. Um, I guess I would say that. But yeah, I think that's it. Just that Dominic is just kind of playing. It's hard to care too much about what he's doing. I do because I like Rey Mysterio, but yeah. And I, I like Seth Rollins a lot, but... I think his Monday Night Messiah gimmick's been kind of lame, actually, because he... Oh, yeah, that is something I should say. His Monday Night Messiah gimmick, dude, he's always out there talking about the greater good. Like, he preaches such, like, important things, but what has he done? Dude, all he's done is beat up Rey Mysterio talking about how he's going to save the world and the greater good, and we're going to, like, you've done nothing. Like, I think it's just the promos they write. It was kind of like the old Bray Wyatt. Like, Bray Wyatt would talk about doing all these huge things and then just actually do nothing. And it's like, this dude's calling himself the Messiah, and he's done nothing. He hasn't uh, he hasn't gotten any more followers. He acts like he's a cult leader, but he's got one follower, and he's had one follower the whole time. I think they should put some more people with him. Maybe actually give him a cult or something. But, no, he's done nothing. He's done nothing but pick on Rey Mysterio for – months now and he is acting like he's fighting for the greater good like go do something then go do something good i don't, I don't know well he had he has buddy and he had that other tag team for a minute too um the authority pain authority god I can't oh the AOP, AOP, aop or whatever yeah yeah authority of pain there you go I, I i forgot about them yeah because i guess one of them got injured and uh, okay so basically in the beginning of this whole monday, the monday night messiah uh they were 
all together and one match one of them got injured and they got taken off again uh, yeah so they haven't been back for a while so yeah i kind of forgot about them too i do think they were a cool tag team in nxt and i just feel like when they got yeah maybe they just they got a push for a little bit and it was an okay push and i was fine with it i was like okay that's cool and then they died down they got rid of their manager and they went back or they went to seth rollins for the monday night messiah and i was like all right this is cool he's got a little like you said you know and then they one who got injured they both got written off and now he's just back to a one-man team and like you said yeah this monday my saying is just not working out it there's no one else with him but uh i mean nothing against buddy murphy but he's not a top guy i can understand to say like randy orton was with you know uh rollins okay you have some say right there because that guy's got some name behind him whatever you know even I'm trying to think of someone, even like Titus O'Neil that we said earlier, at least he has a name behind him. Whereas Buddy Murphy, I just feel like hasn't got that name yet. And I actually was reading about some guy complaining about it because they were saying how Buddy Murphy actually needs to push away from Rollins because he needs to make a name for himself. And I agree. I don't know if they'll ever let him that, but he did make, I mean, he did make a little bit of a name for himself in 205 but nothing in WWE Raw SmackDown. And I think he needs to do that first or at least pretty soon. Even if it's a turn on Rollins and a few with Rollins, hey, at least that'll get his name. Even if he loses the whole time and it goes on for two months and he loses everything, at least he made a name or something like that. What he's doing now, I don't think it's working personally. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that completely. But yeah, other than that, I mean, it was, like you said, probably the best match of the night. It definitely was. Um the only one I see like going next to it is the Biggie versus Sheamus, which I never thought I'd say, or even like or not that I thought I would say, but one match that you know it's not a title match, it's not a, it's just a feud match, and that's probably the best one, which is kind of weird to say for WWE. But on to your favorite match of the night, actually, and I know I said this earlier about the women's title, but let's talk about that Universal Championship match. <laughs> oh God, um. I'm really not mad about Roman Reigns getting the title, I guess. I'm just more mad that they even put it on The Fiend in the first place just to take it off. I think they could have... I like The Fiend a lot. I think he really is my favorite guy in WWE right now. It's always a toss-up between him or AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy, actually. But anyway, I guess recently, character work The Fiend has been my favorite. They've done him completely wrong. I think he should have even been booked in title matches to begin with, like all the way back to Seth Rollins when he won it off of him. They should have never, like, they keep booking themselves in the corners where they put the title on him. And then like a week later, they're like, oh, we want it on this guy. So they've got to, you know, take it off the fiend. And it's, I know he didn't get pinned over and that's what everyone's going to say, but yeah, they just can't keep, he had the title for a week. Like that dude held it for seven days and they took it off of him. Was and, it even seven days? Oh, I guess yeah. Technically, it was seven days. I think it was. I think it was like exactly seven. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Roman Reigns thing, I'm, I think it's cool. I'm excited to see him with Paul Heyman. I don't like that. I don't like how they did the whole. He came out in the middle of the match and signed the contract. I didn't know that was a thing. I thought you had to sign it before the bell rings, but they change the rules all the time, so that's fine. Um, and also, that's what I said to you that earlier. Um, was when we first watched Payback and we were texting each other. Like I can understand. If just say Bray and Braun came out beating the shit out of each other for 10, 15 minutes, no bell ring yet. They're just beating the shit. Oh, excuse me. Just beating the shit out of each other. And they're going back and forth, back and forth. 
finally they're in the ring, lay down flat, and then Reigns comes out. Or even if they yeah. broke the ring, even if they broke the ring before the bell rang, okay, I, I buy it, I buy it. But it was we saw the bell ring, you know, they were fighting for what fifteen minutes, throwing themselves around the whole stadium, from the Titantron to back, hitting each other with weapons, going through the lights and going through like you know stuff, and it's like okay, they do the superplex and break the ring. And like you said, too, not like we've never seen that before. Ooh. Yeah. And I then... feel like I could tell it was going to happen because Braun Strowman has been superplexed before and it broke. And then I guess just like the camera angle, I don't know. It just seemed predictable. And then, um, I, yeah, I, the other I, thing I thought was I weird, was too. You, meant, you mentioned that the fact that they were fighting for like 15 minutes. The commentators didn't say anything about Roman Reigns for like mm-hmm. three, three quarters of the, like, they just went on like it was a singles match. And I was like, no one's going to mention that the other guy is not out here yet. Like, near the end of it, they finally mentioned it. Yeah, I feel like that should have been the first thing they said. It was like, oh, they're fighting before the other guy's here. Like, what's going to happen? And no, I it think, just went on completely. Was it, and it I was, think they did. I think in the beginning, they said something like, oh, we haven't heard a signature, or we haven't heard of um, Roman Reigns signing it with the signature on the contract and stuff. I think they mentioned it when the when Bray was coming out. You know, the uh-huh. Fiend, and when the Fiend was coming out, and he was doing his intro before Braun struck him, I think yeah. they were talking about it. Could be wrong, but I think they were. And then, yeah, after that, it just went haywire. And, uh, yeah, like you said, I thought we were just wanting a single match until, of course, something happened at the end. And one thing, too, I felt like it was just another Brock situation, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, it was almost like Brock had the money in the bank and was just waiting for, you know, someone to fall so he can turn in his money in the bank. And I feel like that's what happened, you know, last time Brock was cha- or Brock won the money in the bank. The same situation where he just came out, you know, did a couple specials on the people that were in the ring and then pinned him and won. And that's what happened, Reigns. I'm not hating on Reigns because he's just following the storyline, but I just, once I saw, or once, you know, uh, yeah, once I saw Reigns and Heyman coming out, I was like, yep, all right, that's what's going to happen. And I, was, I instantly well, I what th- you told me. I was like, oh, Robert's right. He's going to win. He's going to be title again or holding the title again. So, yep. I think um, on SmackDown, Roman Reigns needs to, like, he needs to cut a promo. He needs to explain because – so Brock does the whole short matches. Like, he takes shortcuts, and we know why, because he's lazy and – he just wants to get paid and leave. So we know that's why he does it. But Roman he did the whole, he was kind of like a coward. He didn't want to fight. He was afraid. He wanted to give people low blows. He wanted to take a shortcut. But the last time we saw him, he was this valiant fighting champion. Mm-hmm. And now we have no idea like why he's being cowardly and why he's taking shortcuts. So I hope he explains that on SmackDown. Uh, the fact that I said low blow reminded me that I hate, when monster characters sell low blows and i know that sounds weird but like as far as we're concerned the fiend is supposed to be this mystical creature that can teleport and control the lights and (laughs) he gets he gets low blowed and he's just like a normal dude in that split second like i'd react the same way if someone kicked me there and this guy's i don't know i mean i'm not saying that monsters don't have that whatever but um it just seems weird to me. Same thing with, like, even Kane back in the day. Like, I didn't like seeing Kane get low, but, like, Kane's supposed to be, like, Michael Myers. 
I'm pretty sure if I kicked Michael Myers in the balls, I don't think he would go down so easily. Like, it's just weird. It's a weird thing. Like, I don't think they should be kicking monsters like that because it just instantly humanizes them. Like, in a split second, like, he was just instantly completely back to being a normal human, which I know he is. But like I said, they sell him as this monster that can teleport and control lights. And like I said, like a couple of weeks ago on SmackDown, when he was thrown onto the cement off of like two or three stories and he's up five seconds later and now you kick him in the balls and he's dead. And it's just weird. It's super weird. It's funny because uh, now that you say that, I agree. And yeah, you're right. I've always thought the same. But my first thought right now, because, you know, I'm so into film and I'm a big old film critic. My first thought was like, Chucky and Child's Play. So you watch the first Child's Play. What's your, like, even, like, okay, at the time in the 80s, that was the first time, like, you don't really see dolls coming alive and killing you and stuff like that. But now, in this day, we've seen so many movies like that, that say you've never seen Child's Play in your life. You go back and watch that. What's your first thought? Pick up that motherfucker and throw him. He's little. He's, what, two feet tall? And you're going to pick him up and throw him. You know, but at that time when you're watching that movie and you know you're so into that movie like i am you don't think about that you think this is a monster this guy mm-hmm. i mean it's a it's a living doll coming at me to kill me well, that's not my first thought is to pick him up throw him because if i do that he he's supposed to be some mythical doll he's gonna come back and kill me no matter what and i think that's what wwe needs to think about when they do those monster moves is you know, we're setting up this monster. We're setting him almost invincible. We need to make him look that way. We can't just make him down from a nut shot. Or even, like, even we can even bring it back to another scary movie. Like you said, following Michael Myers or um, a Jason, Friday the 13th. That's yeah. a monster right there. That is literally like, he comes from the lake, comes out to kill you. What if you're watching Friday the 13th? And someone just nut shots him real quick, kicks him, kicks him in the dick, he get on the floor, you kill him. Oh, the entire character's dead right there. Like, yeah, and because like, everybody knows you just got to kick Jason in the balls and he's gone. Yeah, exactly. Just ruins it. Yeah, and same thing back to my child's play thing. You know, yeah, it's a doll, so let me just throw him, and that's gonna ruin the whole thing. End it right there. No, like you got to keep it going. Or even if um, say that like when Bray got uh, low blowed. And he falls out the ring. I would have been much more happier if he would have came back, just broke up that one pin, and then maybe he got speared and pinned. Or like Bray got speared and pinned. Okay, I might have been a little bit happier because at least I would have saw a finisher move happening to him. But the uh-huh. fact that he just got low blowed, he falls out the ring, and he stays down for so long. That's another thing, too. Oh my God, that pinned with <laughs> Braun and Reigns. That took so long. That whole yeah. spear him down, that was like a minute. And we've seen so many times where a guy gets a special done on him outside the ring and still pops up 20 seconds later to run and break up the pin or whatever. We've seen that a million times. Yeah. And a million times to normal superstars, not a mythical superstar that the Fiend is supposed to be. And yeah, that just yeah ruined it for me. That was... I'm over it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just, I, I don't think they think about stuff like that at all. And then even back to that Hell in a Cell match in Sacramento with Seth Rollins and The Fiend that everybody freaked out about. And The Fiend got hit with ladders and toolboxes and chairs and hammers and kept getting back up. 
and it turns out all it takes is a low blow and he's down or a spear <laughs> apparently i feel like the spear must be his weakness like goldberg beat him with the spear roman reigns speared him and he stayed down like it really just must be the spear that just takes out the fiend and that's his weakness it's super weird yeah. i also don't like um i'm fine with heel reigns i have no idea how they're gonna pull off a baby face the fiend somebody was saying that they don't have to change anything about what he does. He can stay the exact same and just position him as the face. But I mean, like a couple of weeks ago, this dude put the mandible claw on a girl. Like, I don't know how they're just going to make him <laughs> a face. I don't know. I'd almost rather be a heel on heel. I don't know. I just don't see how him as a face is possible. I think the Bray Wyatt Firefly Funhouse or Firefly Funhouse as a face is possible, but I don't know. The Fiend's a monster. And I know like Undertaker and Kane have been faces before. I guess that actually, I just corrected myself. That means it is possible, but I don't know. I, I just think it's kind of weird. I feel like Braun Strowman is definitely ruined. Um, I don't like saying that guys are buried a lot of the time. I feel like a lot of people throw that word around and say that everyone gets buried all the time, but Braun Strowman's taken some beatings in the last however many months or weeks, and he cannot win championships. He can't keep them. He got beat by one F5 however many months ago or whatever. He got beat by Roman Reigns however many times. He got beat up by The Fiend. I don't know. I feel like Braun used to be a monster, and now Braun Strowman's just kind of a big guy that gets beat if they need someone to beat him. I know when you told me about that, like it was a rumor it might happen, I kind of thought the same thing like you, like how the hell are they going to do this? But then kind of like you just said, we had The Undertaker as a face. Hell, we had Stone Cold as a face. Like, during the Attitude Era, that was one guy that we really should not have been, like, backing up. But mm-hmm. we were, like, he, but at the same time, it was, like, it was a man versus corporate, like, you know, corporate and everything, and it was a rebel thing. It was cool, but he was one of those guys that you don't want to be rooting for, but you are. And I bring this back to my movie critic self, but it's, like, uh, I mean, playing with, like, Taxi Driver and uh, Joker, you know, the, like... For the yeah, for recent movies, Joker. We should not have been going for Joker in that movie. We shouldn't have been rooting for him. But that whole time we are, mm-hmm. and we do at the end. And that's how I feel like with uh, Bray. They need to put him a persona like that, where all of us are just against Reigns, and Bray is this guy that we shouldn't be going for, but we are. And we're backing him up completely, and we're going to push him and push him and push him until he finally gets it again. I was going to say, I think what worries me about that is that we all know about their love for Roman Reigns. And I feel like in a typical heel and face rivalry, eventually the face is supposed to win, but I'm almost afraid that he won't. They'll actually just have Roman Reigns win because they like him so much, even though he's the heel, which I I know some companies have done that. Like everyone talks about WCW, like was ran on heels. Like NWO was always winning, but WWE has always been a babyface company like Hulk Hogan, uh, Stone Cold, The Rock, John Cena. So yeah, I guess that's pretty much just what worries me is that, you know, like I said, the face is supposed to win, but I guess I'm just kind of worried that they're going to have Roman Reigns win overall because they just like him, even though he's the heel. And that's just not how it's supposed to go. If The Fiend does end up winning the title in the end, I think that'd be fine. But, and I'd be fine with like a face Fiend chasing heel Roman Reigns as long as he ends up winning in the, you know, like how it's Mm -hmm. supposed to go. The face is supposed to end up getting his revenge and end up getting the title. And then, yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, like I said, we all know 
their love for Roman Reigns and having him win in every situation. He's like the Goku of Dragon Ball Z and WWE, it seems like. And I was thinking about that too with Brock, how like we all hated Brock. Like fans <laughs> everywhere hated Brock as champion. But WWE loved him so fucking much that they're going to keep pushing him, putting him up top, pushing him over everyone and all this other shit. And it's just like, oh, we're over it. We're just over it. And yeah. I, and I hope that doesn't have to happen to Reigns because I don't hate Reigns. I don't mind him. No, I like uh, Roman Reigns, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I, I know you do. I just, I just don't have that love for him yet. But mm-hmm. I don't mind him either. Like, I, if he wins, I'm happy for him and things like that. But it's like, if you're going to push him to be a next Brock, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not for that. I'm sorry. It just shows that it just shows that they they really don't care what the fans want. Like they really don't. They just care what Vince wants. And that's, I mean, I guess in the end, that's fine. That's how you want to run your company. But in the meantime, you're going to keep losing fans and just nobody wants to watch something when they're not trying to please the fans. It's not real sports. It's entertainment. And if you're not entertaining the people that watch, then what are you, what are you doing? And it's funny you say that because um, I was just reading Reddit threads and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know if you know, ever been keeping up with AEW, but Chris Jericho is going to face Orange Cassidy in a Mimosa match. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mimosa Mayhem, whatever it's called, match in the next uh, pay-per-view on, sa- on Sunday or Saturday. And I saw people saying, oh, well, if WWE did this, everyone would hate on it. And people were attacking him. And Honestly, I kind of was on that board attacking him too because it was like, no, because these guys are doing it for fun. Like, these guys know that it's goofy. It's like when you, I hate to bring movies up again, but it's like when you watch a bad movie that knows it wants to be bad. Yeah. You know, you, you enjoy it because you know they're trying to make something bad, you know they're being stupid. And that's how I feel like Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy, where they're, I feel like they're comedians. And they're just like, hey, we're trying to make you laugh and enjoy this. So we're going to do this because we are goofy. Like, Chris Jericho's like, I'm goofy. Orange Cassidy's goofy. We're going to throw this together and just be goofy together. Whereas I feel like if WWE did with whatever superstars did this too, they would try to make it serious. They would try to make it like, this is the end of the world thing. And if whoever wins is going to be like the next freaking top dog or something like that. And it's like, no, for sure. Go and Orange Cassidy is doing this to entertain you. They know. Yeah. They know what their fans want. They know their fans just want to be entertained. And that's what we're there for. And we're not there for anything else. We're there to be entertained. And that's why I think it's okay that AW does that and not WWE because it's a total different, you know, aspect and total different viewer or not, not viewers. Why I guess you say, but, expectations yeah i totally agree i totally agree with that so yeah so let's take a break from talking about current wrestling and let's talk about how we got into the wrestling business or i guess just wrestling in general and into the business so how did you get into it rob um or should i say beckett yeah (laughs) when i when i when i was younger um my mom (laughs) My mom met my stepdad, and he was, I think he was lightweight into wrestling. I don't think he was super into it, but enough into it. They're like, when we went to 7-Eleven, they used to have the Slurpee Cups. I remember I got a Rob Van Dam Slurpee Cup, and he would watch it every once in a while. 
and I'd sneak out in the living room and try to watch Raw. And I was young enough to where my mom would kick me out and tell me I can't watch it. And then, so I kind of stopped. And like I said, I was young, so I barely remember too much. But I remember I was in like fifth or sixth grade. It was 2005, maybe like late 2005, early 2006. All I know is, like I said earlier, it was when Batista was the world heavyweight champion on SmackDown. And I was at my grandparents' house, literally just flipping through channels. And I think I came across it. It was on UPN at the time, and I just stopped on it. I don't remember, like, the first match I saw or anything. I just know that I started watching SmackDown every Friday night around that time. And Batista was my first favorite. Of course, I was young, and he was the world champion. And all I knew was SmackDown. I thought Friday night was the only thing. And then eventually, well, I'm sure I learned sooner rather than later because, you know, they probably talked about Raw and SmackDown. But actually... Oh, I'm kind of jumping around now. So when I first got into it, it was right before, remember, I think it was 05, that Survivor Series where they did SmackDown versus Raw, and it was like one of the better ones, and the teams were, I'm pretty sure it was 05 Survivor Series. So that's how I learned about Raw. And then I started watching Raw, and I got into John Cena at the time. I was a John Cena fan in like 2005, 2006. I hated Edge. I love Edge now, though. But um, so yeah, that's really it. I guess it's that simple. Sorry, that was a total scatterbrain story, but so yeah, it was like 2005, just flipping through channels and just saw it and thought it was cool. And I stopped watching. It was like right after the CM Punk, Jeff Hardy storyline. I think it was like 09 or 010. I can't remember the year, maybe even 08, but pretty much right after that feud ended, I just stopped watching because it just seemed to get, it's when they started moving into like the PG era even though I'm pretty sure SmackDown's always been PG, but it's when they moved into the HD era. I know that for sure. And that was just because I got into high school and none of my other friends liked it. So I just kind of stopped and yeah, it just seemed like it was going downhill. And then I started again in 2016. I think it was around 20. My brother just texted me one night out of the blue telling me that he just watched raw and it was pretty cool. And so, yeah, I guess both times were just completely, like, at a random moment. I just found it and was like, oh, I must. I never got into, like, behind-the-scenes things. Like, I got into behind-the-scenes stuff and, like, the dirt sheets and all that this time around um, a couple years ago is when I started finding out that I feel like a lot of the time the backstage stories are cooler than what actually happens on screen. Mm-hmm. Once I started reading dirt sheets and, like, the rumors and stuff, I got into that a lot. So I keep up on all that. But, um. Yeah, so like 05, I'd say late 05 is when I got into it, like for real. Yeah, so for me, it was a little bit different. Um, oh, I mean, I'm just a few years older than you. But I do remember my mom, uh, My I guess technically as my first stepdad, uh, not saying my mom had a bunch of them. She's only had two uh, after my dad. But it was my first stepdad, and I remember just, well, one, we had the Sega Genesis game, uh, one of the WrestleMania Sega Genesis games, and I used to always play that with them all the time. I remember I used to always be Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels on it, and I didn't really know much about it. I just knew it was kind of like a wrestling fighting game type thing, and I was like, all right, this is fun, this is fun. And I watched a couple matches with them. I think we had this conversation where I remember watching Macho Man and uh, Hulk Hogan, but at the time that I was watching it, it was probably 94, 95. It had to be on WCW. And mm-hmm. I think at the time in my head, I thought I, just thought of, I didn't know about leagues. 
So me playing the Sega Genesis game, I just instantly thought, oh, these guys are on WWF and whatever and all wrestling is together and stuff like that. Um, so I didn't really know much at all. And I just kind of blinked it out. And then at that time, too, I was living in Sacramento for like six, seven months, you know, with my first step down, whatever. We finally moved back to Stockton. And then about, I, got, I, I stopped watching it once we come back to Stockton. And it might have been years later. I was probably eight-ish, so 1998, 1997. Um, my next-door neighbors got, got me into it. They were just like, oh, you don't watch wrestling? I was like, no. And they were just like, oh, you're new here. You should watch it. Okay. And they showed, I think, uh, they showed me Smack. No, no, no. It was, I don't think SmackDown was even on yet. They showed me an episode of Raw. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. I want to watch it every week. But the one thing being so young and Raw was on from 9 to 11, I could only watch the first hour of Raw. The next hour, I had to wait to watch it and stuff like that. And then one of my neighborhood friends had satellite. So he got to watch it from at 6 o'clock in the evening. So hope we were all hoped that his stepdad wasn't watching TV at that time. Because then we can go to his house and watch Monday Night Raw full in effect. If not, I would miss the last hour. And it just sucked. You know, don't get me wrong. I, of course, I snuck and turned on my TV after my mom left and stuff and watched it multiple, multiple times. But that's just how it started. And I got super into it. I was probably into it till from 97 to 2002, 2003, I'll say, around that time. And that's when I started older. Uh, I didn't hit high school 2014, but I think at that time, me and my cousins and friends just got more into music, and we literally just fell off the face of earth of all television and movies and stuff like that. We just focused on music, and that was our thing, music and drawing, too. We would go to my cousin Hope's house, and we just put on music and draw all night, and before that, it was wrestling and drawing all night, and then we just kind of got a wrestling, and then... And, I kind of kept up with it. I mean, not super hardcore. Just like a couple times a year, I'd check in and see, oh, who's champion, who's not. And I saw John Cena getting big. I didn't care for John Cena. I'm sorry. I never was a huge John Cena fan. I was just like, whatever. Okay. Even Randy Orton, Batista, never hugest into them. And then probably 2014, 15. Around that time, I was working at GameStop, and one of my coworkers was really into Total Bellas and Total Divas, and he was like, oh, you used to watch wrestling, and we, that's how we kind of connected, was just talking about wrestling, and he was just like, oh, if you like those drama reality shows, you should watch this, and then uh, I was like, oh, I'll give it a shot, I have nothing else to watch really at the time, so I gave it a shot, watched it, I was like, oh, this is cool, you know, whatever, and then I had another coworker from a different GameStop store coming to fill in and we started talking about wrestling and he's like, Hey, you like wrestling? I'll give you my WWE network password because uh, it doesn't matter who uses it. Uh, I have unlimited users. And I was like, okay. And he's like, you can watch everything. You can watch all the attitude era past that and stuff like that. And I was like, cool. So I took it home and I literally binged so many episodes of attitude era in order to, from raw episodes to SmackDown episodes to pay-per-view. I watched them all in order and I was so hooked. I loved it. And then he canceled his membership. I bought my own. <laughs> That's how addicted I was. And then I, like I said, I was so into Total Bell, Total Divas. And so I was watching all this Attitude Era and I was like, you know what? I'm watching this 
Total Bells and Total Divas, I wonder how these girls are really doing right now. So I started watching it. And then it was like the uh, the Bells were still wrestling. Um, I think AJ Lee just left. So it was like Paige is champion and stuff like that. And it was amazing. I was like, holy crap. These And I remember thinking too, the girls are doing way better than the guys. Like I'd much rather watch a, a girls match than the guys at the time. Like I loved it. And yeah, and the, that couple of years I watched was really good. And then ever since then, I just kept watching. And there's been bad years and good years, but I'm still watching to this day. And like right now, not having the best time, but I'm still watching. I'm still there. You got AEW. I'm just ho- I'm just basing on AEW's back right now. And mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be a little fanboy, but AEW just doing it well. Even I've been supporting AEW like crazy lately too. I mean, I bought three masks from them. I got a Young Bucks mask, a Matt Hardy, and a AEW logo one. I just bought a Dr. Britt Baker shirt and a uh, oh, I have a Chris Jericho the Le, Le Champion one. A little give me a little bit of the bubbly. I have those shirts, you know. I've been focusing a little more on them, but it's just because they're giving us a better product right now. Oh um, yeah, AEW has been killing it. And I will agree with people online. Um, they say AEW's um, storylines aren't that great still, too. But I feel like their action is so good that you don't focus on storylines. Whereas WWE, they're both so mediocre that you yeah. just criticize both ways. And even if like WWE did the same thing where they were doing amazing storylines but bad action, I don't think we hate on them as much as we are right now. And same with like AEW. They're giving us such good action. We don't really care too much about storyline. There's storyline, but it's not the best. And it's really not. It's just basic, like, I hate you. You hate me. All right, let's take this on. Let's wrestle. And boom. Like, currently, um, MJF versus John Moxley. There was no really build-up to that. It was just kind of like, bomb there. But we're all into it. We're all waiting yeah. to see what happens. You know, we saw the contract signing. And all of us are like, all right, well, come on, let's go. I want to see the next match. Let's go. Continue it. Continue it. So at least they're doing something good there. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I think AEW is doing good. Um, And that is totally true. Even though the storylines might not be the greatest, just the wrestling in general is really good. I think the character work is just really good too in general. Like, um, Like John Moxley. Like you said, that contract signing, they just cut really good promos, even if the story isn't the greatest and there wasn't too much of a buildup. They both just cut good promos. So I'm like, Oh, okay. Right on. Like I'm down to watch it. Whereas in WWE, the promos are just bad. Sometimes the ones that they write <laughs> for them and they're just bad. So, but I feel like WWE does this thing that like, like I was saying the other day, I'll be so tired of it and I don't want to watch it anymore. And then the last 10 seconds of SmackDown, Paul Heyman got put with Roman Reigns and it's like, holy shit. Now I got to keep watching. Like <laughs> they always do like one little thing to keep you there watching when you don't want to watch it. Everyone threatens to cancel the network and they never do. And it's like a weird, like you just got to keep watching. It's weird, but or it's like funny. I, I was like, I feel about it too. It's like November, December, you're sitting there like, I want to cancel my subscription, but Royal Rumbles in January and they always do a surprise at Royal Rumble, so I got to keep it for Royal Rumble. And then they're like, I'm going to cancel it for Royal Rumble. Well, WrestleMania is at the end of March, early April. So it's just two months. 
you might as well keep it for the two months. You know what I mean? And that's I, honestly, that's what happened to me this year. I swear to God, I was talking to Yasmin, and I was like, we haven't really watched WWE. And now we should cancel it. And she's like, well, there's no pay per view on watch. And I was like, oh, Royal Rumble's going up. Well, I'll keep it Rumble. And she's like, yeah, just cancel it for Royal Rumble. And I was about to cancel it. And she goes, well, when's WrestleMania again? And I was like, it's always usually the end of March or early April. Well, it's just another month. Just pay for it. If it's in March, you just, you're just paying for another month and everything like that. And it's whatever. You can do it. We have the money. All right. <laughs> just fucking do it. And, yep. I'm like, oh. and I'm still stuck to it to this day because I'm just like, because then uh, Undertaker's last ride came out. And like oh, yeah. said, they just keep pulling you in for stupid stuff. And it's just like, yep. oh, I'm going to watch it. I'm gonna watch it. Oh. That last ride documentary was really good too. It was. I'm not gonna say it was bad. I'm not saying it wasn't worth it. But I'm just like, yeah. It's like, always it's always just one thing they it. put out there. Yeah, and they keep doing. It. They're so good at it. And that's one they yep. all to WWE. Is they're good at you pulling you back. Yeah. And this could be said all the uh, way back to the Monday Night Wars. Everyone at the beginning, everyone was hating on WWF, and then WWE, WWF, and then they pulled you back. And guess what? They put yeah. you back for good because now WCW's gone. <laughs> yep. I'm, I hope AEW doesn't end up losing or going away. But yeah, I definitely hope that after a little bit of competition, they start stepping their game up and it gets even on both sides because AEW's just been doing a lot better than WWE in general, in my opinion. Yeah, and I and I think that eventually over time, they'll learn from each other because it did take WWE two, three years, I want to say, to get back to wcw yeah like, i think i think wcw started strong in 95 or 96 and wwe didn't win that first uh tv rating till 98 i think it might have been 97 i could be wrong about it. but still that was still two three years and we're only a year with AEW. yeah so it could just take them another year or two and then we're just how times have changed and things like that you know, you got to give that to them too. Whereas, like back then, there was no internet, so you literally could keep anything a secret. Where nowadays, it's almost impossible to do that. <laughs> like, you know, someone leaves WWE, it, the next day, oh, they just signed with AEW, but they have that, you know, ninety-day clause, so they can't perform it. It's like instantly. Whereas, say when uh, Razor Ramon went to, and Scott Hall went to WCW, yeah, he still had that whatever day clause he can wrestle, he still appeared and nobody knew what was going on. And when he came out with the outsiders with Kevin Nash, it was like, holy crap, that was the biggest thing in wrestling because nobody knew it. Now that's impossible basically to do. So we'll see how that all goes. And it's like that. Hopefully they start doing better because it's hard. It's a chore sometimes. <laughs> I agree. And just even just saying, I'm like, I'm like so hard not trying to just pull up my phone. Well, like WWE pay-per-views on, like I'm trying so hard not to pull my phone. I'm like, I need to watch the action, not look at my phone. But then it gets oh, yeah. and I'm like, oh nope, the phone's coming out. I don't even care what happens. I don't care who wins. All right, let's go. Let's finish this. Oh jeez, yeah. All right, man. Well, you want to end this right there? Yeah, I was gonna say I think we should cut it. Cool. Yeah, we, <laughs> it's been going for actually quite a while. <laughs> <laughs>